You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. You know, it just just feels like I'm going to be, like I'm connected to something extending from me. Like I'm, like I put a brick in the road is how I feel. Even though it's a small little brick, but I just feel this like connection that, you know, maybe is more spiritual or something. Yeah. Um, which also made me want to clean up my act because like, how can, how can I be true if I have this big dark secret in my closet, you know? This isn't just another podcast with tips or tricks. This isn't just interviews with great artists. This is about finding the missing pieces that are going to help you make it as an artist. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, best-selling author, hypnotherapist, and creativity coach. And this is the Performers and Creators Lab weekly podcast, helping you to find your edge. Hey, all you performers and creators, all you risk takers and daredevils and dream hunters. How are you doing today? I want to talk to you about courage. Being an artist takes courage, takes a lot of bravery to jump out of culture's cozy little nest that it's made for us and then learn your craft and then ride the currents of creativity's ups and downs. But what about flying? I mean, literally, what about aviation, like literally being a pilot and flying? What does it take to decide to spend your professional career in an airplane thousands of miles above the ground, literally riding the air's currents, suspended by a miraculous feat of science and humankind's imagination and persistence? For as long as humans can remember, we have longed, deeply longed to fly. And for most of our existence, for thousands of years, in fact, not until 1783 with the hot air balloons, did we even know that it was truly possible? And I think there's a similarity here with art. I think creating and making art is similar because we imagine something that at first seems impossible. And in fact, other people might think that we are crazy to attempt it. But we're determined. We see it. And so we're obsessed to make it happen, to bring that manifestation of that thing that we desire to create into the world. So my guest today is both. She's both an artist and a pilot, and she happens to be a former client. And she offered to come on here and tell her story of struggling with food addiction and her journey of being an artist and then becoming a pilot. Now, you probably haven't heard me speak to too many clients before. It's, it's not too often that I get to directly share my clients' stories. And, you know, this is for different reasons. Okay, so sometimes my clients are dealing with habits and things that are just so, you know, deeply personal that they just rather not share them publicly. And sometimes my clients have a bit of celebrity going on or, um, or, you know, they want to be a celebrity one day. And so they'd rather not share about all aspects of their journey to getting where they are or where they want to be going. Uh, 
So I was excited when my client Shay suggested that we have a conversation on the show about her journey. You know, I don't like to say that I have favorite clients or anything, but Shay, you know, was definitely up there, definitely wonderful to work with and just just a fascinating person, a fascinating performance artist. We're going to talk about smooshing and just watching what she does in the world. She's a, she's a performance artist and watching her go through all the hard shit that it takes to be a pilot. You know, the years of study, the practice, uh, it just, it's a really, it's not an easy thing. They don't let just anybody do. I guess we should be happy for that, right? But I'm just really, I'm just really proud of her. And I think her story touches almost anyone, you know, because we've all had habits that we feel like control us rather than the other way around. And we've all had to overcome fears and self-doubt in order to achieve what we want in life. But how many have you have become a pilot? So Shay told me that in the United States, only 6% of the licensed pilots are women. And Shay Green is one of them. Shay Green just received her private pilot license last month. Originally an Arizona native, Shay moved to the San Francisco Bay Area 10 years ago to study photography at the Academy of Art University, got her degree, and then traveled throughout the U.S., Mexico, Europe, and Iceland, and then found me when she decided to evaluate her endless hunger and heal her distorted body image through hypnosis. Now, she's an active member of the 99s, an all-female pilot organization that helps grow the female pilot community via scholarships and events. When she's not practicing pilotry, she finds amusement in making short videos, smushing her face on food inspired by the one and only bread face. The formula is the same, but what is being smushed changes. I mean, my first experience with aviation was seeing a lot of planes fly around when I was in Alaska doing an internship out there. And I just kept meeting more and more pilots. And I was shocked by the variety of people that obtained this license. And so I came out to California to learn how to fly. I was already acquainted with California. I went to school in San Francisco for photography. And so I found a school in Santa Rosa, did a lesson and realized the magnitude of what this was. Because in my life, I've never had anything this challenging mentally, physically. There's just a lot you need to know to aviate. Yeah. And everything else prior to this experience has been pretty seamless for me, effortless, you know, being creative or um, working with my hands, things like that have always come naturally. But this was completely unnatural. We're not designed to fly or we would be born with wings you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) right it's such a I mean it's it's a really a badass thing to do I mean I'm not I'm not even comfortable going up in a plane like a commercial (laughs) airplane you know I have to really put myself in self-hypnosis to even go there and here you are like yeah I want to go up all the time (laughs) so what what were you doing before I know that you're an artist, kind of. What kind of creative stuff were you doing? Like this, the 
The smooshing? Oh, the bread face. Yeah, let's talk about the smooshing. Uh, okay, so <laughs> bread like... face is actually a... Uh, this woman, uh, she she does all these videos where she takes bread and she smashes her face in it. And so that's just kind of something that I do in, inspired by her. That's not my original work or anything like okay. that. Um, but for myself, like creatively, photography, um, I, I think uh, the lifestyle of being a creative person has definitely just been my creative process in general. I don't really see myself like as a photographer in particular, like, yes, I do photography and yes, I do weird things like smash my face in bed, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, those aren't like original P you know, I would just say maybe you feel the same way. You're just an artist. Like there's no direct like funnel point, at least for me Mm. of like my Mm -hmm. creative process. Yeah. Some people are like, are like more, um, it just bleeds into everything that they do. Creative. Mm-hmm. Creative creativity leads into everything, right? Um, so, so the smooshing though, like I just have to ask about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell? Because <laughs> when we were, we, you know, when I was coaching you, I remember you telling me about it, and I was like, okay, that's that's odd and interesting and different, <laughs> and I've never heard of it before. And then I saw it like on Instagram, and I was like, whoa! Like you know, it's it, there's something very sensual. It almost, it almost looks like, it's almost, it's strange because it's just food and face, right? Right. But there's something very sexy almost about it. Like, and I'm just curious, like, because I know, I mean, do do you feel that way as well? Like that it's... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, This woman that does it uh, professionally, she has people send her different pastries and breads and she just smashes her face away. And people love it. It's like, it's so odd, but it is kind of sensual. And, you know, my issues, why I came to you are about food. Right. And food is sensual. And it's, it's a lot of, you know, we need it. It's nutrition, but it's also this, uh, gluttonous, um, sexy at moments, uh, act that we do every single day. And she kind of takes it and makes it a little comical, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just curious, like, for you, then, how do you reconcile that since, you you know, food has been this sort of, um, how, how, do, how did you put it? <laughs> I don't want to put it in a way you have it, but, you know, you've struggled with it, and you have also become friends with it Definitely. through the process, and how do you reconcile that with smushing your face in it? I'm just curious. Um, I think it just makes it more lighthearted, and... Okay. And not so serious because when you have an issue with the substance, whether it be food or the, I mean, the arena for uh, disorders or obsession is large. But for me, it was, it is still, it's, it's been more controlled, but it's always been consumption and food. And so when I saw this woman doing this bread thing and also making it sexy and fun, it just seemed like that would be a fun thing for me to do as well as just like a side quirky uh, experiment for myself and also my friends. You know, it's weird for your mom to see, you know, <laughs> that. But <laughs> and what have people's reactions been like? Um, a lot of it has been just uh, humor, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird. Oh, but that's funny, too. And it's like, yeah, you know, things can be. Uh, layered. They don't have to be like one way. Like they don't have to be just sexy or just right. like 
artistic or, you know, it can talk about a lot of things and nothing at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. just a girl having fun being human. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's talk about your journey then with food. Like for you, um, you know, when I, when I met you, I know that listeners can't see you, but you, you and it's funny cause I don't think we've ever talked about this. Like we've never measured it because it just seemed like it wasn't important, but you have gained control of your eating to the extent that you've have lost quite a bit of weight over this last year too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, right now I've definitely put on a little bit because of my recent habits of celebrating and I have like champagne coming out my ears at this point because after my certificate, it's just been like, um, celebratory Shay, you know, yeah. um, let's go out here. Let's, you know, yeah. dessert. It's like, uh, and, but my approach to it has been different than what it was before. Um, I've experienced massive transformations in the higher scale as well as the lower scale. Mm -hmm. um, and so it feels really good to have a better approach to those transformations. But never do I want to be in those extremes again. And not in this like mm -hmm. fearful way, but just in the a conscious way. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's really unnecessary for someone of my height and age to be 113 pounds. You know, like that's just yeah. like that shouldn't happen. And for me, in my comfortable movement of my body, I don't want to be, like, 190 pounds. You know what I mean? Right, right. So those don't feel natural to me. Um, right. Both of those spectrums. So, I mean, yeah, it was important to me to clear that fog before mm -hmm. I started my training as a pilot because our... Our mental states are essential. And especially if I want to do this for a career, right now I can fly myself, I can fly you, friends, um, but there are restrictions to that certificate. But I want to do it professionally to transport people. Like I, I see myself working uh, in a career doing this. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, the magnitude of responsibility, if I'm carrying around this weight metaphorically as well as, well as physically, Mm -hmm. Um, I just felt like it was something that was going to hold me back. And you were doing that lecture or speech. What yeah, was we that? Did, we did a little workshop, uh, the new year's resolution for creative minds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for, I don't even know how it popped up, but it was meant to be or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. And I saw you and your energy and how thoughtful you were and it just seemed like this is something you're doing genuinely for other people. I mean, of course, we have our own personal benefit to anything that we do. But I was just really drawn to that and decided that, I mean, hypnosis was not, nothing I ever thought of before. Um, really? No, not really. Yeah. I just knew I needed help. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell am I going to get help? Hey, listeners, before you know it, 2019 will be here. And the new year is a great time to start a new habit or to break an old one. In fact, I met my guest today, Shay, at a New Year's goal setting workshop that I gave last year. So if you are struggling with an addiction or a habit, the truth is that sometimes willpower alone isn't going to work. 
and I don't want you to feel stuck. I don't want you to feel frustrated. The good news is that I am accepting applications for new clients. So you can visit the performersandcreatorslab.com website and fill out an application for private coaching. And don't wait because I don't take a lot of clients. I'm not the Walmart of hypnotherapy, but if you would like help, then I would love to help you. So visit performersandcreatorslab.com and look for that application for private coaching. You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast with me, Holly Shaw. Call and leave us a voicemail at 415-870-7064. Again, that's 415-870-7064. And now we're back talking with pilot and performance artist, Shay Green. No, not really. I just knew I needed help. And I was like, how the hell am I going to get help? Uh And... And how long have you been struggling with that? Uh, probably since I was like 13. Wow. Yeah. Um, now you're in your 30s? Uh, yeah. 30 forever. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> For like 12 years. <laughs> so, so you, yeah, I mean, I remember when we met, you, you really were like, you were tired of feeling controlled by it. Like feeling out of control. Mm-hmm. Like you and we sort of got to the bottom that like when you would eat, sometimes you go into a trance. So in a way, I felt like hypnosis, the deeper we talked about it, was was really kind of like the perfect solution for you because it's just like substituting one trance for another. Like if you if you know how to go into trance and you know that path and you can recognize when you're in it, you can bring yourself in and out of it, then then you'll you'll recognize when you're in trances that aren't good. Like we all go in, you know, when I think probably so many people have experienced that with food mm-hmm. or, you know, some people manage it or keep it on the DL better than others, but with food or substances or exercise or something, you know, it's like, there's like, if people are, can go into a trance sort of with things, right. Sort of leave themselves. Absolutely. And I think. You know, some trances are good. Dance or aviating or um, photography or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Do the list goes on. Do you go into a trance when you aviate? Absolutely. There's really? nothing I think about besides what I'm doing. I'm so present. Wow. Um, and, it, and it is muscle memory as well as new experiences. I mean, every time you fly, there's always something you learn and a new curveball um, and a learning curve. Absolutely. But... I think with with food for me it was just endless. It, there's no end to that, and it wasn't sat, it wasn't giving me anything. It was just like a trance that was taking mm. from me financially too, as well as like emotionally and physically. You know, it, it's a lot when you transform. You know, from a certain size to another, you have to like transform your whole wardrobe in like two months. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a lot of investment for this thing that doesn't give you anything. Wow. So the transaction just seemed better to invest it and help. And so, how did you, when was the point that you kind of knew you, okay, this is something that I really need help with? Um, I've kind of always felt that way for a really, really long time, but I think the big, 
the point where I actually like took the steps to change because you can know something and not do anything about it you know like you kind of have to have a push at least I do and I would say when I did the biggest weight shift of my life and that was probably the the moment I realized like okay I have like this is hurting my body this is hurting something bigger than me because we're all connected right and if I'm acting like a jerk because I don't feel good about my choices then I'm affecting that person's day and so on and so forth and if I want to be working intimately with people getting them from point a to point b like I got to fix this um and so when I decided to start my training again uh this third time and complete it I was like I got to fix this first or with my training you know Mm -hmm. so it worked out like great timing (laughs) (laughs) good yeah (laughs) and so I'm just trying to think back through like when we first started to work together and like when you first started to see changes like what were the first changes that you do you remember I don't know maybe we don't go down this road yeah um let me think for a minute uh like the first changes I would say when I started to realize that I didn't have to commit to something because I started it with my food experience mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Like say I poured this like big bowl of cereal or I made this like I ordered a large pizza or something like some some habit that I normally did and completed because mm-hmm. I, I did it and I'm going to complete it and this is uncomfortable. I am in pain, but... And this, like, this energy that I hold sometimes, which is, like, complete things if you start them, Uh um, I think that was kind of shifted because I would see myself doing the same thing, the first initial action, and then being like, but wait, you don't have to commit to that. You can stop right now. Like, you can even, like, take that pizza and give it to your housemates, or you could take that and do something else with it besides put it in your body. Um I think that was a big shift for me. Wow. Just really like getting control in that moment, being able to stop yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And not just finishing it because I started it. Yeah. And ha- has this affected the rest of your life? Like getting control of eating? Like how is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Huge. I think it's allowed me to do what I'm doing now to complete uh, the mission that I started with, uh, which is kind of funny. Cause I'm like, well, you don't have to do anything, uh, to completion if you don't want to, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, duality. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely changed. I mean, I'm able to like do a flight lesson and actually be present with my instructor, not thinking about, what am I going to eat after this? Or I'm stressed out. Like I'm going to, cause it's a hard, hard study to do. So to have that thought be uh, that I'm going to direct my energy into another area besides food was huge for me. Um, I'm going to study more or I'm going to call Holly, like, you know, (laughs) use my resources, um, and friends and reach out. And honestly, I've kept this inside until I started working with you. So that's a long, it wasn't a secret physically. Like, of course people see you transform, you know, you can't hide that, but internally I never, I never articulated what was going on inside of me 
you know, until working with you and just the honesty. And I feel like once you display truth, it invites other people to do the same. And then you can, like, clear it up and move on, you know? Yes. So. I love that. When you invite truth, it inspires other people to do the same. Yeah. Have you found people open up to you more and more yeah. intimate relationships? Yeah, definitely. Not necessarily with food, but with other things that they might be struggling with, you know? And I I feel so honored to even hold that space for someone else. And I, I can relate yeah. to it, too. So that feels great. It's not like they're saying stuff that I can't even imagine what that would be like. It's like, no, I feel yeah. you completely. The shit's real. <laughs> yeah. So... I really get it. I, too, can relate to what Shay is saying. I, too, really appreciate and feel honored whenever I get to hold that space for someone for healing. It's awesome stuff. So, speaking of holding a space, have you rated and reviewed and subscribe to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast yet? 2019 is quickly approaching, and I need support to keep this thing going. So if you love it, if you like it, even if you just listen to it once in a while, go on (laughs) iTunes and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast to keep all this goodness going into next year. Yes, because I look forward to supporting you more. So I think there's like, it's interesting. Can you talk a little bit about how you're finding your quote artistic voice within the pilot community? Because I think that's interesting. Yeah, I definitely, you know, even talking to you about like, oh, I feel separate. And I would talk to my a group of women that I'm in that organization, the 99s, like, oh, I feel different. And it just kind of rest assured that we probably all feel that way. But like you were saying, as an artistic person, you kind of really strive for community and connection um, through expression. And I'm such an expressive person. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I would feel a little out of control in that, you know, like, oh, I need to um, you know, iron every single thing that I'm wearing. <laughs> and, you know, this, this pen needs to go here. And like, you know, this outward creative um, needed to, to show every time I went to the airport, you know. Um, and sometimes that would work in my favor. And other times I would just feel like, man, I stand out too much. Like, why am I wearing lipstick right now? And none of those things, you know, make or break a good aviator at all but in my mind you know just kind of breaking through that that shit talk that self-doubt that oh I'm, I'm too different and in fact like people seem to really appreciate diversity more uh than I thought for some reason I've like tried to suppress that in some way um around this like new new field because you know, you don't see as many females even at the airports. I mean, now it's changing. It's definitely growing. It's awesome. But in America, there's 6% of of pilots are female. And so, wow. yeah, yeah. And that goes from a student pilot all the way to the woman in the Navy flying like F, you know, 16s and 14s and all that shit. So do you ever see yourself doing that? No, 
no, I'm not militant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I could go that route. But I admire it. I love all types of aviation. I. Yeah. I just think it's such a beautiful feat. And, you know, I could ramble so long about it and how it. It is a structured practice, but there's also a lot of. Um, Romance that's behind why we even got there and how we got there. And I think that's where my artistic dreamer self kind of comes out, you know? Maybe it's more of like a romantic perspective than like the average as far as like an aviator goes, but it just feels like there's something so much bigger than me that I'm connected to now that I know how to fly a plane. You know, maybe is more... I'm spiritual or something. Yeah. Um, which also made me want to clean up my act because like, how can, how can I be true if I have this big dark secret in my closet, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, getting rid of that weight and then being able to focus on what I'm trying to do now. I mean, we've always wanted to do it like from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, our species is just has always wanted. To yeah. Fly. And so many people have lost their lives trying to to conquer this feat. Um, and, I, you know, some not so didn't make like educated guesses when they decided that they, you know, would fly back in the day. And even today, I mean, there's a, an array of, of pilots that exist. I mean, we're just a sample of the population, but I think, I don't know. There's just like this desire that we've had to do it. I mean, we have dreams of flight. I mean, even if you are afraid of flying, you still dream about it. That's so true. You know? And I'm just, I'm kind of just fascinated by that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So cool that you're doing it too. And part of 6% of yeah, the women population doing it. That's that's so profoundly. It's crazy, a sliver, huh? You know what I mean? Such I a sliver. It'd be like less, but six percent is less than ten percent. I mean, it's just a sliver. Yeah, and that's the American sample. So I don't even know, like worldwide, oh. what that would be. Hmm. Moving forward, I think I'm only going to get better as a human and as an aviator, as a creative, um, oh, yeah. because all these all these parts of me I've never seen them kind of like come together in one point you know and it's exciting to see because I never thought that would happen I never thought I would be able to celebrate like I'm celebrating and also you know fluctuate and change and but not hold this like obsession about it and not be possessed by it either Mm. it's just kind of like it's very like fluid and it's flowing and it's like yeah you know the next few months are kind of intermission before I start my training again to do more certificates um I'm gonna be here with my family my friends people want to take me out people want to celebrate with me celebratory tour yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I'm like bring it (laughs) how divine enjoy this part of your life first word flying Mm. freedom Mm. habit breaking fear Doubt. Mm. 
journey. Completion. Test. Anxiety. Trusting yourself. I think the key in trusting yourself has a lot to do with patience because it's not a straight road. And when you start to trust yourself, I think there's a lot of stumbling that we do, but you just have to be patient and keep going forth and things are gonna come up that you don't necessarily plan for or know how to handle. But if you're patient and you breathe, you can surely find your way. So there you have it, pilot, face smisher, bread smisher, and artist Shay Green. So like I said before, you know, 2019 is going to be here before you know it, and the new year is a great time to start a new habit or to break an old one. So if you are struggling, if you are looking for solutions, if you've tried everything else and nothing else has worked, then the truth is, is because sometimes willpower alone isn't going to work. And I don't want you to feel stuck or frustrated. So I want to invite you to visit performersandcreatorslab.com and fill out an application for private coaching. It's 100% free to fill out the application. And don't wait, because I don't take a lot of clients, but I would love to help you. So visit the performersandcreatorslab.com and fill out an application for private coaching today. I'd like to thank my Think Tank team, Melanie Myers, Hannah Romanowski, Erica Milligan, Tim Beal, and Dan Cantrell. And Dan Cantrell was the composer on all the tracks in this episode. Thank you, Dan, as always. Amazing music. I'd also like to thank my producers Q4TA and Robert Cholino at the Voice America Network. And thank you for listening to the Performers and Critters Lab podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next week, this is Holly Shaw. <laughs>